0: kaina kayani sura bhakta vino hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 ram 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 hare 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 krishna so we have returned like the cows returning to the river Yamuna to drink water. And we are drinking water from the ongoing nectarian streams of descriptions about Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his pastimes his characteristics his circumstances in which he lived his uh, his divine teachings um although i am i am not qualified um nor by intellect nor by dedication um nor by surrender to my spiritual master. Uh, but even then, uh, even if imperfectly composed and presented, still the potency of, of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy is so great that just in the attempt to discuss about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and in the attempt in hearing about Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we all get purified. And therefore, I continue uh, my lectures. Um, we, uh, we have been uh, discussing in the last few days from the uh, from the Antjaliila, Uh, the last portion of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And by now we have understood that this last portion of the Chaitanya Charitamrita is the most confidential part of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, Yesterday I mentioned that in, uh, that once Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, has been as Nimai, has been to Gaia, he comes back as a devotee and then he begins to um, gradually reveal Krishna consciousness first in the in the close circle of the devotees, and then some preaching is also going on under his direction. Nityananda and Haridas Takur are sent out on preaching missions and encounter jagai and Madai, and uh, but then um, after Sī Tani Mahaprabhu is taken sannyas. Then starts his uh, his Acharya Lila, his pastimes as a as an Acharya, as a as a spiritual master, as a teacher, as one who is traveling very widely, and is trying to uh, convince um, the uh, conditioned souls. Like for example, I have here uh, a verse in front of me. Lord Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu converted the inhabitants of South India. These people were as strong as elephants, but they were in the clutches of the crocodiles of various philosophies, such as the Buddhist, Jain, and Mayavad philosophy. With his discs of mercy, the Lord delivered them, uh, them all by converting them into Vaishnavas devotees of the lord um, so the uh, we see the story that uh, uh of, of lord Chaitanya's tour to south india uh, where he is meeting with representatives of so many philosophies who are like crocodiles and they have grabbed the legs of the elephant-like personalities of uh of South India, but Lord Vishnu appears and his Sudarshan chakra kills the the, the crocodile. Mm. So, just like Lord Vishnu saved Gajendra from the crocodile, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is saving the residents of South India. Uh. <laughs> so this is nice, it's a nice metaphor uh, it is a nice comparison of Lord Chaitanya's journey to South India, to the, uh, to the pastime of uh, Gajendra the elephant in his fight with the crocodile being saved by the Lord. Um, so, such metaphors are obviously of great importance to, uh, to, um, to writers, because in a, in a metaphor, a writer, is capturing the, uh, not only the circumstances, uh, not only is he described uh, like just facts, Lord Chaitanya went to South India and saved the residents from the um, influence of various philosophies, such as Buddhist Jain and Mayavad. but the, uh, but but rather the um, metaphor adds a whole meaning, a whole other dimension of meaning. It, it shows the danger of these philosophies, which are like crocodiles. And although uh, the people, who are like elephants, are very strong, strong in their, in their culture, strong in their, in their personal practices, still, by these treacherous philosophies, which hang on to, to their leg, just like Gajendra, uh, there who was attacked by a crocodile. Their very life comes into danger. Mm. So in this way, but Lord Chitaino saved them, <clears throat> with his disk of mercy. So in this way, um, the metaphor, is adding a whole experience of value. It adds in the element of of danger. Um, It adds in the whole element of the mercy of the Lord, and so on. So uh, that is the nature of metaphor. So without it, uh, there could have been a a sterile account of facts, but the metaphor adds the entire emotional value of, of danger. I could have said and uh, the, the dangerous philosophies, but it would not have carried the same uh, emotional experience of danger as when I said crocodile. So that is the nature of metaphor, that it particularly brings out the experience of, of rasa. And that's my topic for the day. So continuing with the antialila, it is said, what is the use of a bowman's arrow or a poet's poetry if they penetrate the heart but do not cause the head to spin? Anchi 195. It is a verse quoted by Ramananda Roy about the writing of Rupa Goswami. What is the use of a bowman's arrows or a poet's poetry if they penetrate the heart but do not cause the head to spin? Mm. Sri Caitanya Mahaprabhu praised the metaphors and other literary ornaments of Silarupa Rupa Goswami's transcendental poetry. Without such poetic attributes, poetic attributes, he said, there is no possibility of preaching transcendental mallows. So this is important. Huh? If we want to preach the, excuse me, transcendental mallows, then. These metaphors, they are adding a whole uh, a whole dimension of rasa. Uh, they are giving us the experience. These mellows awaken some feelings in our heart. And these feelings help us to approach the complex subject matter of rasa. Uh, It is said, there is the, in the Madhya-lila, 2130, there is a verse which deals with the Chandra nyaya It says, no one can estimate the opulence of Krishna. That is unlimited. However, However, just as one sees the moon through the branches of a tree, I wish to give a little indication, Sakha-Chandra-Nyaya. Or the logic of going through the branches of a tree to the moon, Sakha-Chandra-Nyaya. So that is is, is met, what metaphor is about, it is Sakha-Chandra-Nyaya, we, we take something, in the realm of emotional experience that we know from the from the world that we know to to the unknown spiritual world Uh, and in this way get an understanding of the spiritual sakka-chandra-nyaya and the acharyas or the writers and poets on uh, on writing transcendental li- literature, are using such uh, metaphors? Are using this sakkha-chandra-nyaya to, or looking at the branches, looking of a tree to the moon, so to sort of get an idea of its size and um, perspective. Looking through a material perspective. At the spiritual, so Sakat Chandranaya is, of course, a metaphor in itself. Um, so the need to to uh, to approach the spiritual by the experience of the material. We hear about the crocodile, and immediately we feel a sense of of danger. Now we realize that this mayavad. Jain and Buddhist philosophy is not just uh, a an, 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 an useless philosophy, no, it is a dangerous philosophy, and not only dangerous, it is like a crocodile, which is such a treacherous creature. So, we are uh, the reason why this is possible, this sakya-chandra-nyaya, is because the material world is a reflection of the spiritual world. And therefore, the material world as a reflection of the spiritual world corresponds uh, with the spiritual world to a degree. It it um, It is a perverted reflection the three modes of material nature distort that reflection and in the uh, mode of goodness the distortion is uh, is is much less in the mode of passion the distortion is more and in the mode of ignorance the distortion is is is, uh, is 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 bad so it's very difficult to even even uh, perceive much of the spiritual uh, uh, of the the spiritual nature of things. Mm. Yes, so in this this reflection idea, uh, we must also say, so the material energy is described as a perverted reflection, or sometimes a shadow reflection. And just as we can look at the shadow of our body uh, on the wall, and uh, it certainly corresponds, uh, like i have my glasses right, on my nose which you can see and uh, if i stand with my and project my profile on the wall uh, then the profile uh, will also have glasses you will see especially if you see it like from the side you see you clearly see the glasses on my nose but that's only the shadow. And in the shadow, it is only the black contours you will see. You will not see the detail. You will not see uh, the color of my skin. You will not see the color of my eyes. You will not see that the glasses are actually transparent and, and, and lenses that you can see through. That right? you will not see. Let's see the contours. In this way, although the material energy uh, is corresponding with the spiritual energy it uh, and it gives an indication it cannot uh, it cannot really approach it Uh, so in that way sri chaitanya mahaprabhu said no one can estimate the opulence of krishna that is unlimited however just as one sees the moon through the branches of a tree i wish to give a little uh a little indication so um, our uh, Rupa Das, right, has done some uh, some work on uh, on metaphors in the Chaitanya Charitamrita many years ago. Actually, um, I asked him to do that at the time, and he did a very nice nice thing. Um, Rupa Sanatana had uh, has studied literature and therefore uh, was kind of academically trained in uh, in categorizing and recognizing these things so um, he has then given us something. Uh, Okay, one moment, yeah. So he has uh, not only uh, identified a number of metaphors in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and the work that he's done, uh, but he's also uh, categorized them in in particular groups. And he has, uh, he's called that each group, a domain, a particular domain. Uh, which is covered by those specific metaphors. So I will give some examples and read a bit from uh, from what he did. Uh, Domain of the Lord. That's the first domain. The Lord and the creation. As the material elements enter the bodies of all living beings and yet remain outside them all, I exist within all material creations, and yet I am not uh, within them. Um, so here Lord Chaitanya is comparing himself to the material elements, you know, as the material elements enter the bodies of all living beings. yes. But they are at the same time also outside uh, the the bodies are made of and yet the elements that are within the body all exist without the body so in the same way um, i exist within all material creations and yet i'm not within them explaining his, his position of being present everywhere, and also being not present. Hare Krishna. So I was saying, this is uh, indicating Lord Chaitanya's achencha beda tattva how he is simultaneously within all these elements, uh, or simultaneously within the material world, and simultaneously not within the material world. The first first wonder is that both brothers appear simultaneously, and the other is that they illuminate the innermost depth of the heart. Um, These two, the sun and moon, are very kind to the people of the world, thus for the good fortune of all. They have appeared on the horizon of Bengal. So now Lord Chitanya, Lord Nichananda are appeared to the moon. They are appearing on the horizon of Bengal. And what they're doing, they illuminate the innermost depths of the heart. Hmm. So the image is painted of darkness, the darkness of ignorance, which is in the hearts. Um, of the people of bengal and of the entire world because of course from oh. from the east the sun is moving towards the west so gradually uh, but on the eastern horizon there the lord has appeared and now both lords and uh, and they drive away the dark ignorance to in in the from the deepest regions, uh, the innermost depths of of the heart. Mm. So this is very nice how how the how Lord Chaitanya's movement is described um, as uh, as penetrating very deeply um, to the innermost depths, so though the innermost nature of our being. Uh, there, where our deepest, most fundamental desires are, uh, are residing in the innermost chambers of a heart, that which is most dear to us. And, and these desires will now be fulfilled. Uh, also, uh, in the innermost chambers of the heart, there must be Lord goranga um, it's also coming up in the same air, in the same portion of the chaitanya charitamrita again it is Lord goranga who lights up uh, lights up the darkness in in the heart and must reach the inner core of the heart our our deepest our deepest uh, fundamental desires for happiness Um, many desires for happiness Uh, like i'm in durban and durban is a funny place humidity is high so it's always uh, a little sticky so i have my sweater on because i'm afraid of a cold but at the same time it's sticky so i could desire that the weather would improve I could desire that there was no lockdown i could desire that i would be in very exalted uh, inspiring association i could desire uh, many many things and all these things might uh, improve the condition of my happiness yesterday i was desiring to be in a in a Big kirtan with many devotees that were all like just entering into this powerful uh, transcendental energy together and just like creating tidal waves of uh, of the holy name and then yeah then we're back in uh, in social distancing uh, and those are also spiritual desires and they will. Uh, increase my, my happiness, but in the innermost chamber of the heart, in the deepest, in the innermost depth of the heart, uh, there is a, is, a, is a more important desire. Uh, and that that will be only possible to be fulfilled when we are restored in our original spiritual position. Uh, so, in this way, we understand. Um, so the metaphor is capturing this mood, uh, the darkness of ignorance, which is uh, which it goes deep into the innermost depths of the heart, and then is lit up. Uh, as the one sun appears, reflected in countless jewels, Sokovinda manifested himself as Paramatma, in the heart, in the hearts of all living beings. So this is also very nice, because it is speaking about the sun, uh, and the power of the sun, and the uh, as the sun, as the one sun appears reflected in countless jewels. So let's just visualize that for a moment. Uh, a jewel is is, is a beautiful, shining stone. But when the sun reflects through the jewels, then that jewel just lights up. And because the jewel is nicely cut and has many sides to it, uh, the, the expertise is to uh, cut the jewel under certain angles and make flat surfaces so that when the light comes, it reflects through the stone. and can radiate in all directions. And in this way, the jewel is is just reflecting the light of the sun. Uh, So in this way, it's a very nice metaphor because it it compares the living beings to jewels, Uh, first of all. So each living being is, is very valuable. That is one thing it says. Each living being is, is a via-media of the, of the energy of the Lord, which is, of course, uh, now compared to the light of the sun, but it is, it is satsit anand. It is the qualities of the Lord, of eternity, full of bliss and knowledge. And each living entity as a jewel can reflect that, um, that satsit, anant quality of the Lord, uh, that quality which is also described as visuddhasatva, is purified goodness, which is the nature of the spiritual world. So even every living being can can reflect that purified uh, goodness, or we could say, um, it is simply about Krishna prema, prema the real goal of every living being is to attain uh, Krishna Prem, or Vishwambhar, Lord Chaitanya, comes to give the whole universe uh, what is actually their their true nature, which is Krishna Prem. So the diamonds become effulgent with Krishna Prem, which is um, ecstatic, ecstatic, um, and again we can say uh, and which comes like it is extends like an ocean and now we use the word ocean and we may say not only is it an, an, an okay an ocean is very extensive in all directions so this krishna Prane is extensive in all directions but there are also waves in the ocean waves and these waves in in waves it is it is like bursting forth from moments of inspiration with like uh, great force and each wave has its own unique feature Uh, you know those who swim in the ocean or bodies or or surfers or uh, they know about waves different waves different not all waves are the same so in this way the endless waves and of course Rupa Goswami Takes that in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the uh, the ocean of the bhakti of of the, the mellows, the transcendental mellows, uh, which are immortal, which are eternal, which are Sat They are in, immortal. They are nectar. Yeah. So the nectarian uh, and Bhakti. The, the the nectarian uh, experience of 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 bhakti in the um, or in the, or the no the, the nectarian spe- experience of mellows in the ocean of bhakti, and then he is uh, in his book dividing up the uh, ocean that he has described in different southern, western, northern, northern divisions, four divisions. He describes waves, uh, there are waves, so lahiri, lahiri, the lahiri, or these waves, are described by Rupa Goswami. So there, there are waves in the ocean of the Nectar of Devotion. And then, uh, then and Goswami, in the beginning of the Nectar of Devotion, comes up with the metaphor, which is so often used uh, by... Uh, by the Mayavadis. The Mayavadis are talking, yes, uh, basically, the one can come from so many different backgrounds of spiritual pursuit, but in the end, just like many rivers, all merge into the ocean and all will become one. Yeah. So, this is totally, um, Rupa Goswami says, no, he says, actually, in the water, there are many aquatics. Right? There are many aquatics, and these aquatics, they, they're not just bombing water. right? When they, they are aquatics, and they stay aquatics. He said some aquatics, right? some aquatics, like, like sharks, right? They never wander into the undeep waters of the rivers, the undeep spiritual pursuits, right? So many paths in the world that are trying to figure out what truth and how does it all work. So the rivers are undeep paths, the undeep rivers. The sharks, they never swim in such undeep waters. The sharks remain in the ocean. Uh, So, in this way, the devotees are are in this time compared to the sharks, powerful fish who never swim in undeep water, powerful aquatics, and they are deep in the water. Yes, they are so deep in the water that even the fisherman who casts his net, right, will not catch them, right, because they swim too deep below, below the net. And so they're not affected by the net of time by the net of material existence Uh, they remain deeply deeply absorbed in the uh, in the ocean of transcendental love so we can see on a metaphor but then he just carries on and basically the whole nectar of devotion is structured on this principle of an ocean love and and directions north north south east west and so on and uh, it's very interesting and and uh, very helpful and when we and as i said before as soon as we talk ocean we see it it creates a sense of unlimitedness Uh, when we are only ocean there's only water only water, in all directions. It creates that very sense of unlimitedness. Mm -hmm. As the Earth is the original cause and shelter of all pots made of earth so you are the ultimate cause and shelter of all living beings so again we, we see the the metaphor of and then the law the lord is the cause and shelter of all living beings so earth is the original cause and shelter of all the pots and um, the uh, in in, in so the lord is the origin of uh, of our existence Uh, and uh, and therefore uh, we are we are part and parcel of him we are made of his very energy he is he is our cause and therefore he is also our shelter Uh, if anyone is asking this question, yeah. But like you know, why do I have to take shelter of God? I don't really, you know, I don't feel, don't really feel like taking shelter of 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 God. I uh, you know yeah I take shelter, uh you know I mean take shelter of a house, take shelter of clothes, take shelter of money, take shelter of many things. But um, just I don't know. I'm not so, it doesn't tick me over. Why? Why would I have to take shelter of the Supreme Lord? So, then, in answer to that question, we can say, as the earth is the original cause and shelter of all pots made of earth. So the pots are made, the, the earth has caused these pots. Therefore, although we are pots of the same nature, as that earth and therefore we uh, ultimately that's where we belong yes so krishna is the ultimate cause of all and shelter of all living beings because we are of the same nature as him we are infinitesimal part and parcels of the supreme lord abhinathram we are the abhina Particles of the Lord, the separated parts and particles of the Lord, the infinitesimal living beings. The Lord is Vibhu, we are Anu, Vibhu, all-pervading. We are uh, only atomic in size. Uh, Jiva is one ten thousandth, the tip of a hair. But we are like the drop of the ocean. As the ocean is salty, so are we salty, of the same quality. Mm. So, this... uh, uh, this metaphor, as the earth is the original cause, and shelter of all pots made of earth, so you are the ultimate cause and shelter of all living beings. So, um, I find this uh, very nice. Um, we just got a, a big question answered. Why turn? Why turn for shelter to the Lord? Uh, and the answer is, because He is the very cause of our existence. And therefore, that's where we, where we originate. That's, we are of the same nature. That's, that's why, that's where we belong. And again, use a metaphor, the fish belongs in the water. Mm. All the incarnations of Godhead are plenary portions or parts of the plenary portions of the Bruce avatar. But the prime of Lord is Sri Krishna. He is the supreme personality of Godhead. The fountainhead of all incarnations. C.C. Adi 270. So now... um, we're getting to see the thing like a fountain head, uh, so we can see we we see a source water. It is coming out like that. Uh, again, um, how else uh, from one from one place so much emanates? Uh, a, a powerful source can can create a lake and. Right? And it's like, wow, what a beautiful lake. Where's that coming from? Right? Oh, yeah. well, there, there's, there's a source here. They say, well, really? Yes. It all comes from that source. Therefore, um, the, um, the question about what is the source of our existence is an important question and will determine identity Uh, and if we think nowadays in neo-darwinism in in traditional darwinism the idea is that um, survival of the fittest and one species is um, better adapted um, let's say birds with a longer neck did better in getting to a certain type of fruit so over time all the long-necked birds uh, they lived longer uh, than the other ones because they always got the food and they became strong so in this way the whole race eventually got uh, longer necks because the long-necked ones continued and their children also had long-necked and in in this way Uh, the whole uh, the whole Group of birds gradually uh, transformed into long-necked birds. So that is a traditional uh, concept of uh, of evolutionism. The modern concept is is about in neo Darwinism is about genetic engineering, and it's about genetics. And it's like saying that if we look at the genes if we look at the genes of a chimpanzee, and we look at the genes of a human being, um, there is... they are close. And we see between other species also, connections. So in this way, when one looks at, uh, at at the genetics of various living beings, one can automatically create categories of those who are similar in genetic structure. And said, if then, if we look at the chimpanzee, excuse me, ah, and at the, uh, if you look at the chimpanzee, and if we look at the human being, there's so many, uh, so many common features that one can understand that they must have a common ancestor and so so many species have common ancestor and then if we look so we go back way in time way in time you know paleozoticum and whatever way before into geological time then when we are going way back in geological time then we have an earth uh, which is filled with all kinds of uh, common ancestors, there will be the common ancestors walking around of human beings and chimpanzees, and there will be the common ancestors of uh, crocodiles and uh, and snakes, you know, and there will be the common ancestors of uh, I don't know uh, kangaroos and rabbits. I'm just shooting things off the top of my head imagine we're back far in geological time and all these common ancestors are there and then we can ask the question who who are the common ancestors of the common ancestors and of course we will say you know ultimately within this universe ancestor of all living beings in the universe is Lord Brahma. And the common ancestor of Lord Brahma, of all the Lord Brahma's, and of Lord Shiva and other demigods is is Lord Krishna. Uh, That we will say. Anyway, so um, to look for the cause of things is is going to uh, the more we understand how krishna is the cause of our existence and how he relates to our existence the earthen pots see not only that krishna is the cause but the more we see that he that his nature is is reflecting in us the more it will be natural to take shelter Therefore, we establish isvara-parama-krishna-satsetananda-vigraha-anadira-diagoga-vinda-sarva-karana-karana. Therefore, we establish Krishna as the Supreme Personality of God, the cause of all causes, and then we are showing. And the metaphors are actually driving it home, uh, because Krishna, just like us, has a heart. Uh. We can speak of the heart of krishna so impersonal calamity thou has moved absolute is sentient thou has proved see the Prabhupada wrote in his Vyasa puja offering to his spiritual master um, uh, that absolute is sentient that the supreme supreme lord has emotions and feelings but of course And so do his associates, because he's not alone. Uh, He is living with his eternal associates, engaging in relationships. Because what is Ras? What are Mallows without relationship? And what is and what are we without relationship? Um, There is no question of of existence without relationship. We are always in relationship. Now, in relationship to lockdown, other times in relationship to work, in relationship to, uh, to yeah, a position of our, um, well, in, in our practice, in, in ashram, right? It's like, uh, a Krihasta uh, man may have, has a relationship with a wife or wife with a husband. Uh, me as a sannyasi, I have a relationship with my Danda. Uh, that relationship uh, with the dunda is going to the innermost core of the heart. Uh, you may wonder, where is my Danda? I'm telling you, it is it is at the moment i've parked it i've parked my danda in the innermost core of my heart yes Uh, then there's the example quoted in chaitanya Charitamrita. based on the brahma samhita verse when from one candle many others are lit i consider that one the original krishna in the same way is the cause of all causes and all incarnations mm-hmm. so deepachir how from one light, one candle. Mm. There's another. That was Adi 289. Now Adi uh 3, 30 and 31. Thus the lion-like Lord Chaitanya has appeared in Navadvip. He has the shoulders of a lion the powers of a lion and the loud voice of a lion may that lion be seated in the core of the heart of every living being thus with his resounding roar may he drive away one's elephantine vices elephants are very powerful who's gonna stop an elephant um, in my poor, sometimes um, the um, the mahouts, the caretakers of the elephants, who are riding on the elephants, they take the elephants for a walk and they come down the path. And as that elephant is coming, we, little ones, uh, we, little humans, we get off the path. Uh, that elephant is coming and uh, and we get out of the way. Right? So, generally speaking, uh, an elephant is a is a moloch is a huge entity which is like it's moving and it's not going to stop so easy, um, and it certainly and who would stop for, but a lion. A lion, a lion which can roar so loud, and a and a lion, which can defeat an elephant, because an elephant has great strength and fights with a trunk and fights with tusks. But a lion, a lion has great strength and has an extremely powerful jaw and great powerful, powerful claws that cut through flesh just as sharp knives. And, and And a lion is agile and can jump and just move and... And in this way, the lion, although smaller in size, is more powerful, can defeat the power of the elephant. And the elephant knows it. And that is why the elephant is afraid, afraid of the lion. And when the lion roars, it roars so loud. And the elephants, who usually just wandered through the jungle and all smaller animals and creatures just move out of the way. Now, the elephants turn around and just try and create as fast as possible the greatest distance between them and uh, and the lion. Mm-hmm. So Lord Chaitanya, now compared to a lion. Uh, it, shoulders like a lion his big powerful physique right his uh his powerful uh transcendental roar he resounding uh, the holy name right the power of transcendental sound so the lions roar, the great, very powerful sound. Now, Lord Chaitanya's movement, based on the very powerful sound of Harinam Sankirtan. Yes. And in this way, driving away even our vices, our, our material contamination, which is very big and very strong and very difficult to overcome, practically speaking. What are we going to do about it? A huge. Elephant vices—we just—they're too strong; we can't control them. But the lion can uh, drive them away. Mm. It's also interesting that astrologically, uh, Sridhara Thakur has given the uh, astrological chart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita commentary, Amrita Babala and we are. Uh, hearing that uh, he is Simha Lagna. Simha Lagna means his rising sign, that is the uh, predominant aspect of his nature, is Leo, is a lion. So Lord Chaitanya's mood is very much the mood of a lion, uh, powerful, he is uh, a very powerful presence, a big body and, and and just uh, learn it and and carrying all this energy as a lion, he is he's naturally naturally ruling um, in this way. Uh, the uh, yeah the whole metaphor is telling us something about the nature of Lord Caitanya and the nature of his mission. The lion who is roaring. Mm. Even though Lord Krishna, the abode of all mellows, had previously in this way chewed the essence of the mellows of love, still he was unable to fulfill three desires, although he had made efforts to taste them. So, uh, mellows are are tastes, right? Mellows, very, ras means taste in one sense. It's translated as taste. But we understand that when we translate the word ras as taste or as mellow, mellow, a particular flavor, a particular mood, a particular ras, a particular kind of, juice juice it has a um, taste a particular type of juice different types of juice juice is sweet juice is attractive now different types Mm, i'm in south africa here they have so such nice juice Uh, lychee juice oh it is very tasty or a nice mango juice or really fresh grape juice all different Flavors, coconut juice, ah, juice. So the word ras is translated as taste, is translated as mellow, is translated as juice. And this word, and, and all these things are metaphors. They are approaching ras. We, it, it gives an indication of what ras is. Rās is not juice, Rās is not mellow, Rās is not taste. Rās is something unique in itself. Rās is the experience that exists only uh, with Krishna. The the experience of like delicious mango juice, cool and, 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 and sweet on our tongue tingling the, uh, the tongue in various ways is, and then expressing taste, rās. That is only a um, a limited reflection um, of rās, of, of, of bhakti-rās. Bhakti-rās, the, the tastes, the mellows of devotional service, are by far exceeding anything, uh, but so many metaphors are there um, that I cannot uh, obviously cover all in one lecture. But like uh, I'm planning to, uh, with the permission of Rupa Sanatan, uh, put his document as a uh, as an appendix. In my uh, in my Chitanya chart and read book, because uh, I, f- I feel just as Sanatana Goswami asked Gopal Bhatta Goswami to do uh, to do a lot of research work and com- and compile all that research work for his uh, uh, Hari Bhakti Vilas. Um, I I suggested. That uh, Rupa Sanatan would go to work on on the who uh, uh, was then quite new in Krishna consciousness, but very evolved as a, as a, as a scholar uh, that he would do this work, and uh, the credit goes to him, but with his permission, I will. I would love to add this as a uh, appendix to the Chaitanya Charitamrita book because I feel that um, it is an important uh, an important element of our understanding of Ras and you know as uh, as. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, and I'm just going back one minute. Um, um, uh his poetry was praised by Ramananda Rai, who then said, who quoted, What is the use of a bowman's arrow or a poet's poetry if they penetrate the heart but do not cause the head to spin? Anjali 1195. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu praised the metaphors and other literary ornaments of Srila Rupa Goswami's transcendental poetry. Without such poetic attributes, he said, there is no possibility of preaching transcendental mellows. Anchalila 1198. So in this way, I have today tried to um, enter a little deeper into the Anche I have tried today, after yesterday, um, we went into the the description of Lord Chaitanya uh, becoming Kurma Chaitanya, and how the limbs of Lord Chaitanya were entering into his uh, into his his body. And, and it sat there, he was lying among the cows and like, like a, almost looking like a gigantic pumpkin. That was how it was described. Um, so this was, and then we, we saw that Lord Chaitanya at the same time had an internal experience of uh, seeing Krishna in Vrindavan, and in pastimes with the gopis, and he was right behind Krishna witnessing, and I explained that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was representing at that state the mood of Radharani, uh, not the mood of Krishna but the mood of Radharani, and so it was witnessing in that spirit of a devotee in the mood of Radharani. All right, so then we are talking about Ras, uh, about um, tasting the mellows of love of God, and then how do we approach that Ras? When we hear about such exchanges and Lord Chaitanya he hears the flute of, uh, of 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 Krishna and, and he feels called by this flute and nothing in the world, nothing can stop him. Right? He's chanting japa throughout the whole night after having heard uh, so many things about glorification and pastimes about the flute of Krishna. so i've never heard the flute of krishna well wow. and we see the effect of the flute and we see how lord Chaitanya is locked in the room the wall uh the, the the house is locked and the wall around the house is locked so there's three levels of locks and he just somehow or other gets through and he's approached that how do we approach vrindavan how do we approach the gopis how do we approach this very intimate antialila right Is this Chaitanya Charitamrita over our head? Is this maybe uh, too too high for us? Should we just stay with the Bhagavad Gita? No, no. no. We are also looking at the Chaitanya Charitamrita um, because we are following in the footsteps of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, But we are obviously not in the antialila in terms of our own consciousness. even even a little bit like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, we are just sadhakas, practitioners, following regla- regulative principles. And, but at the same time, we also have a vision. The consciousness is pumarta Mahan. But how can we understand it, even when we hear the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? To Saka Chandra, by looking by metaphor, by correspondence between the spiritual and the material. The material being the perverse reflection, the shadow reflection of the spirit. From the domain of the material realm, it gives us an idea. Um, we can actually, although we are conditioned souls, approach the deep transcendental sentiments that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu displays, and we get an indication, although that love is unlimited, and the love of Radharani is unlimited, the love of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is unlimited, we get an indication what it's all about. connection of, in, the, in this video, uh, just happened uh, three, four times. So, that's a bandwidth issue from Africa, To the world but uh, uh, still i hope that even if everything is imperfectly presented and even if you hear from from one like me as the light of the sun will still come through although there are clouds the clouds may block the sun but it doesn't make it pitch dark so the light of the sun is still coming through Thank you. And see you again. Hare Krishna.